You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. going on everybody and welcome to a special edition of pop culture fanatics this is episode numero uno and with me today i have two especially delicious guests with me i have all the way from the kimura chronicles and elite wrestling audio and of course lag switching we have my man jay rance how you doing brother Ooh, what's up what's up i'm chilling man how you doing i'm doing fantastic i'm swigging on some jack daniels right now and i'm enjoying myself sounds like a good time and then Oh, it's always a good time over here. <laughs> and of course, my other brother from another mother over here, all the way from Anxiety and I, Mr. Jake. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. What is up, everybody? Ooh, I love the energy right there. Right. It sounds like 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 a very happy, very gay Vincent Price. I love it. <laughs> 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 like there, are reasons, Price, there are reasons for this, but we will get into that later. Vincent but, Price, with your version of Vincent Price at the Thriller video, that's what it was. <laughs> you should oh. see the dance. <laughs> oh, yes, pride flags everywhere. <laughs> Be fantastic. Guys, I brought you here together because... Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently in Pop Culture Fanatics. Yes, we're still going to be going through movie reviews at, at times and Pop Fives at times throughout the month here and there. But I kind of want to do something that's a week-to-week basis, talking about news, things that we're doing, what we're watching, um, and just have a little barbershop fun on the podcast. Um, a little bit more uniform, a little bit more formulaic, and um, I think we're going to have a good time with this. It's always a good time on PCF. Oh, I like that. The endorsement. <laughs> That's it. Do it. I love the math. That was the best part right there. <laughs> so let's get down to our first segment right here. Let's get into the news of the week. We have two brand spanking new trailers, one that hits today and the other yesterday as well, too, that are taking the world by storm. And, of course, a little bit other news as well, too. Um, let's get into the to the, the freshest out of the, out of the pop culture phenomenons. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat. Jake, I know you have your feelings toward this. Jay, you may have some feelings as well, too. But I'm going to throw it to Jake first. Um, it was released today. Uh, quotation marks leaked out first, but I'll let you take the reins with that one, sir. <laughs> of course, because it's true. Um, <laughs> as, as people who know me know that um, ever since we've gotten the news about what happened with Nintendo and it pulling the plug on uh, several projects due to leaks, at really 
hit a nerve with me, you know, and, and it made me really start to realize that I am so over leaks, like so over them. And uh, it's, I, I think that it's killing all the fun. But with that conversation aside, let's go back to, I convinced myself to do it. Everyone was talking about it. God damn it. I couldn't stop from scrolling Facebook without seeing it. So I was like, fine, fuck. So <laughs> I did it. The rage. <laughs> I love no, it. Seriously. <laughs> can feel the child con coming out of you right there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think but, I ever heard him say that, but that's even better. But go ahead. <laughs> I love the animalistic roars. Yeah. <laughs> animality. <laughs> Your animality. Animality. No, don't bring that up, sir. Okay, you know what? Yes, bring that up. We've had two Mortal Kombat movies in the past from the 90s as well to one a little bit more successful than the other of course um how is this trailer on par to the other two movies that came out it 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 just absolutely blew me away and you know how I feel about trailers in general I I don't like trailers because they give too too much but here it was astonishing. Like, I, I've never been so... I'm, I'm going to take that back. It's been a while since I've been so hyped for a movie like this. Especially because I guess what I was expecting was some kind of disappointment. But here, I wasn't. I was left craving more. Where if I got a second trailer, I would probably watch it because I can't wait. But that's just me. How about you guys? Okay, I'll throw it to you real, real quick on this one. How did you feel about uh, the trailer, quote unquote, leaking? Let me just say this right now. I know you said it was a leak and it was leaked in Russia. I, I get that. It was leaked at 8 o'clock in the morning in Russia. But mm-hmm. the original plan was to roll it out later on that day by Warner Brothers. So technically, it was supposed to come out no matter what today. So that I, have to, I have to shut that down a little bit. It's not like, you know, no. we have the next Harry Potter movie that came out and we can see Daniel Radcliffe in a thong, you know, with a wand going, ooh, <laughs> Dumbledore and stuff like that. That was leaked out like five months later. No, this was the same day. But Jay, go for it. <laughs> I'm with that. Give me that movie. Want to see my separate Toby does a dance for you. <laughs> Dance for me. <laughs> That's what I want. You, you leave, you no, you leave Dobby out of this. How dare you? Sir? Dobby <laughs> takes off the socks for Harry Potter. <laughs> Bro, Daniel Radcliffe in giant bear paw uh, 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 slippers is the greatest thing in life, and mm-hmm. I want a cutout of that. Now just imagine Dobby just there doing a little striptease dance, like Dobby spin, Dobby spin you for you, Harry. Dobby alone. Mm, Dobby twerk, that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Jay. Um, your thoughts on the new MK movie? <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, um, I wasn't really looking forward to this. Because really? I, I, yeah, I fell, I fell out of Mortal Kombat a long time now. You know, you know it. Like I always ask you about the lore and how you say the games are fantastic. And then I should jump back into the games just off of lore. So I wasn't really hyped about this. And I was like, meh, whatever. Um, I saw you guys talking about it in the chat. I wanted to see it to see what the hype was about. Because I know a lot of people were excited about it. But um, I stood away from it. And I re- I watched it like about an hour ago. And I sent it to <laughs> two of our friends, to Dwayne and Gio. And 
they shared the same sentiment as, as I did. I was like, I was not interested in this movie, but after seeing that trailer, I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let, let's let's get it. Like, yeah, like your soul is mine. <laughs> like, All right. I was, I was so, like, yeah. so, so we're still on you right here. What made you like say, you know what, I'm all on board. April can't come soon enough. I need to watch this movie. What was it? What was the selling point for you throughout this whole trailer? Um, the fact that they kind of brought it back to the. I mean, I'm not a big gore dude, but we all know Mortal Kombat and gore is very, uh, you know, synonymous together. So the fact that they brought it back to the gore aspect, like the old movie, the old video games that got like banned when it first came out. So that was one for me. Um, you know me. I fucking love Sub-Zero. Just seeing Sub-Zero freeze to blood mid-air, just being a full-blown badass like he is, just sold me on it. And it gave me old-school vibes. Not Annihilation, it gave me first Mortal Kombat movie vibes. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm here. Just, you know, the the CGI didn't look that crazy when um, Liu Kang did the dragon and stuff. So those things and the action over the top kind of sold me. And it actually reminded me of, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was kind of like, the YouTube series that they wanted to do a while back yeah. that was kind of rumored and leaked. So that those are the vibes I got immediately. I was like, oh, this reminds me of the YouTube series that they wanted to do. So that's why I was on it. Sold ASAP. Sweet, sweet. Jake, what was the selling point for you, man? For me, it was actually like the plot that was set up in that trailer. Uh, okay. I was... It, it, it gave me a sense of realism um, and it kind of made sense. Um, I know we can always refer back to the original movies and how they played it out, but uh, when you really think about it, I don't think Mortal Kombat was ever intended to be a plotted game. I don't think it ever did, but people have tried. I mean, you even have games like, uh, what was it, uh, Shaolin Monks that, that tried to give it that story kind of plot. But how do you accurately do that? And I know we had the YouTube uh, little mini series thing that tried to do that as well. And I, I think it was kind of a, a success. But here, um, it kind of, you know, giving that impression that it is, in fact, a uh, tournament. Um, it has been fought before. It is something that has been going on. And, you know, even introducing, was it Sub-Zero at the beginning as a person wanted for arrest? So wanted for an arrest or something like that, mm -hmm. some, something similar to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that is a perfect plot setup right there. Um, and from that point on, they had me because I was like, you know, the writing in this is what's really gonna matter to me. You can give me fantastic colors, you can throw in blood, you can make things look pretty, you can make things look nice. But if there's nothing else there, if it's just an outer image, then you, this, this movie doesn't have a point and I'm not gonna like it. But so far, there's some filling in this <coughs> pie, <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> I mean, for me, I've always been a Mortal Kombat fan, man, and um, I'll only disagree with you for one part right there and say that I feel like the lore has always been there. Um, you just have to be a fan of the game to really enjoy the lore. Like, a lot of times, this wasn't like an in-your-face biography of each fighter. Like, you got to see in the loading menus, and you got to see in the end credits of who these fighters were, and the backstory between Sub-Zero, Shang Tsung, and Scorpion, backstory of Jax, or whatnot, or the backstory between characters of Raiden and whatnot. So, you had the lore there, it just wasn't as uh, accessible as it is right now. And then, I think the first movie that came out in the 90s was, was fantastic. Fantastic for what's worth, 
I love the practical effects on Goro. Like that was like, one of my favorite parts. I know it's cheesy, but I think Mortal Kombat needs to be cheesy to be done right. Um, not too mm. cheesy. Um, Annihilation, of course, was a mess. But I feel like the, that was too many heads uh, in that in that studio right there trying to make a, a giant thing happen, which it didn't. Um, I think recently, though, recently when you look at the games, when you look at the comic book series, and the the I guess the combination, the combined forces of like DC Comics with ne- NetherRealm Studios, I think that's boosted up the credibility of Mortal Kombat, and I think the storytelling is a lot more easy and palatable for a lot of for for a mainstream audience. It's not niche anymore. Everybody knows what Mortal Kombat is, so I think that gave filmmakers the confidence to say, "Let's see what we could do with this property. Let's see how we can make it a little crazy." But at the same time, make a simple story come true. I think there's so many things in this trailer that are just done the way it should be for a Mortal Kombat movie. Cheesy lines like fatality or finish him or in this movie. And they just, they make sense. And yeah, it's... Kano. Yeah, Kano wins. (laughs) Is it stupid? (laughs) Kind of. But is it fun? Definitely. I think we live in an age where everything is kind of taken too real and we need the realistic approach of things and you know sometimes i just want to see sub-zero freeze Jax's arms and break them off rock on <laughs> and, and, and the ramifications that come after that as well too um this movie definitely has like uh it's like an amalgamation of Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 together i like that they're doing different things i like that they're taking different risks with characters um can we address the, the elephant in the room why everybody's pissed off? Jake, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> so, there's a lot of chatter in the online community with um, hate towards Melina. And can we all agree, collectively agree, on um, while some people may not be very open about it, we pretty much know why. Yeah. Exactly. So, go ahead. No, 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 no. So, here's 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 my two takes on this, right? So, one, my thing is when it comes to taking cartoons, but I'm sticking with video games here, specifically with video games because video games have have I think studios have really taken video games and um really trying to make them into something visual on on, on the big screen and I, I applaud that you know but when you take a character from a video game they do not have to look just like their digital counterpart and that's the one thing that people hold when 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 people are making these movies is oh the biggest the biggest example uh, last of us he doesn't look like Joel he doesn't have to to me that's never been the point you do not have to look like your character to to be able to play this character that should never be the intent it's always about how you can project that character's emotions how you can project you know how that character is written and 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 their personality how are you going to act that out these are people these are actors actresses people who do this for a living these are not drawings that we are watching. These are people who are putting on the costume, who are sitting there in makeup. These are people who are dedicating their time to perfect the role that they were given, okay? <laughs> I, I, that's just the first thing, that's just the one thing that just 
bugs the absolute hell out of me. Jill Valentine's another great example. Um, we have, ooh, I can't believe I can't remember her name, but uh, from uh, Ant-Man versus Wasp, right? We have a uh, person of color uh, playing Jill Valentine and people are pissed off about that. And again, I think it also just comes down to the fact that she's not white. Um, and that's what we're getting with Melina. But the thing is, I, go on, somebody go take the break. I love the passion. Um, but yeah, no, these are probably the same guys that were complaining when Finn took off his helmet that he was a brother. Yep. These are probably the same people complaining about this. Like, um, it's like Jay said, you know, these are actors. You're, you're bringing something that's like animation to real life. Um, it doesn't have to be accurate 100% to a T because you're never going to get it. You're not going to find that perfect Melina. You're not going to find that perfect Superman or Spider-Man or whatever it is. So stop complaining. And it's just because it's a sister. That's all. If it was a white woman, she would not be getting the hate, bro. And, no, not at all. And, and I like it. It's different. It's, um, I don't want to say ethnic, but it, it looks good to the character. You know what I'm saying? It looks... What, what Melina to me is I envision. So I, I don't always envision Melina as a Chinese, you know, whatever you, uh, I don't even know her race because I fell out of the lore, like I said a minute ago. But I don't know, man, like people just find the stupidest things to nitpick and get over it, bro. And I guarantee you, if she does a phenomenal job and knocks it out the park, oh, we love Melina, recast her. You know what I'm saying? So I... Now, I think I think these people are just a little too out there, and I'm even gonna say a little too racist. To even if she did do a good job, they're not. At the end of the day, she is a fictional character. Okay, a fictional character from a fictional world, not even from Earth. And at the end of the day, too, she's also, if you want to put lore into it, she's a clone of different things put that. together as well too yes she's a clone of katana but she also has uh i want to say turkakin but it could be wrong right there somebody's probably screaming right there baraka's fucking race you know and if there's any like nitpick that i have probably with the character is that yeah she's supposed to have like that 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 baraka like mouth like that you know i'm about to crunch the shit out of you but at the end of the day still she looks phenomenal it's everything that i envisioned from this assassin killer that just has no remorse or anything like she's over there looking the side like it's nobody's business i love the mm-hmm. shit out of that I'll, I'll. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll get raunchy here she look look, look hell good right there so i didn't mind it whatsoever i, I mean i i I like this image because if you go back to the Baraka, the Baraka, bro, to me, Baraka looked cheesy as hell when he came out in the movie. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate this because you still, you, you want cheesy, you want gamey. Like you said, this is a fantasy, a fictional character. But you also have to have some realism because you're trying to make this realistic in this world. So you're not going to have a shorty that's, like, fully grotesque with her teeth all the way up to her cheeks. And, yeah. You know, so... It has to have some type of realism. I enjoy the teeth. Like, I looked at them. I zoomed down on the picture. I enjoy the teeth. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what my biggest selling point of this trailer is? That there's actually some characters missing that I don't care to watch right now. That I don't care that we're not getting those, those reveals. I don't care that we get Melina and Nakatana. I understand that they're quote-unquote sisters in a way. Uh, I'm not going crazy because I don't see Johnny Cage in this trailer whatsoever. And I'm not going crazy because they made up a character. What was his name? Cole? And then, Cole Young. Yeah, Cole, Cole Young. Young. Like Alright, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't I wasn't tripping. Like, I heard that and I was like... Oh, 
Mm-hmm. It didn't kill me, and if they're saving that for like a reveal later on in the movie with all these other characters, um, hell, like that doesn't bother me. Even if they're trying to set up a sequel, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Like you gave me everything that I need in this trailer. Hell, you even gave me Goro at one point, which I'm a little scared because it's a little too CGI for me, but I could deal with it. So absolutely, because again, it's gonna play into that. But at the end of the day. The people who are bitching about Melina are the same stupid-ass people that were pushing these people to add uh, Shaggy to Mortal Kombat. That's that's what it is. Wait, like, wait. These people have Sco- no Sco- fucking Scooby creation. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Wait, legit people wanted Scooby He was a meme for like about uh, five years for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he became an instant meme and and like an all-powerful like a nigga meme. Shaggy. Like, imagine, like, yeah, like bro, imagine Galactus, you know, and people were, um, I think this is when the most, the most recent Mortal Kombat had just yeah. released, so like um, people were trying to get Shaggy added as a character and they straight up said, no, fuck you, that's not gonna Good happen. Good <laughs> but these are the people who are hating on Melina, but their creativity ends at the fact that they wanted somebody like Shaggy and you know on Mortal Kombat. So that speaks for itself. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Bro, bro. Yeah. Let's get into the second trailer that came out this week that's really causing a ruckus. Disney's Cruella. I know this is not as hyped as Mortal Kombat right now, but I gotta say, like, a lot of people are back and forth with this trailer. I don't know, man. You don't think I'm gay. Well, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, yourself, but you, you know, hey, we took away your gay card a long time ago, Jake. So, <laughs> um, if anything, I took that from you for watching La La Land so much goddamn many times. <laughs> but I, I digress. You know, speaking about La La Land, you know, we have, you know, one of the biggest stars right now with Emma Stone at portraying Cruella DeVille. Um, a movie a little weird because of the fact that it puts her almost like an anti-hero. It, it, it gives her some kind of like redeeming quality for someone who's so masochistic the way she is. I mean, let's let's be real. She's a pet killer. All she wants to do is just kill dogs and make clothing out of them. So it's pretty hard to, to make someone that endearing and redeeming, in my opinion. But they're doing so with this Emma Stone character. Um... A lot of the flack that I've heard is that people would have rather seen Anne Hathaway take the, take a shot at this rather than Emma Stone. Um, does anybody have any feelings toward that whatsoever? No, I don't. You, Jake? Um, you know, I, I, I could see what they're going for um, because Anne Hathaway is, is, is just fantastic at what she does. Like, she really is. And I can very well see her pulling off this role. Um, but um, I, I, I have, a, as far as portraying the character, um, I have a lot of high expectation for uh, Emma Stone. And I'm actually glad that she got, got this role because I could see her doing very well. I would have okay. taken either one. If, it, it, if they, sorry for cutting you off. The only reason why I feel like maybe they say that, I mean, I can see Hathaway in it, but also it just looks too similar to, what's that show? What's yeah, this? yeah. 
I get that vibe, so that's why I think people kind of prefer Hathaway right now. But I mean, I'm all for Emma Stone. I think she's a brilliant. I, actor. I think one thing that she has against her, uh, Emma Stone, is the height a little bit. I think if you want like that that lengthy, scraggly kind of like character, Hathaway would have been good with that. But again, Hathaway has played a character like this many times. Like the darling, come over here. Like she's shown that she can do that role and do it excellent as well too. But we haven't seen Emma Stone have that reach to really go out there and be like this villain this 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 masochistic villain as well too so i don't know first impressions guys jay what did you feel about the trailer when you saw it uh being Mm -hmm. honest or just for the podcast be not (laughs) (laughs) being honest damn way to throw this shit this is all this is awesome we love everything (laughs) um honestly i I've never really gravitated to the character or the story of the lore of Cruella because you know how I am. I, I, I love Dalgos and stuff. So um, the trailer, the movie looks cool. I mean, it's a dope attempt at, at a live action Cruella, but um, really didn't sell me much because I really don't care much for the character in my mind. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> like... that, that, that's a that's a great point. Like if you know, if everybody knows, Jay's an animal lover at, at any cost, right there. If there's a fucking snake on the road <laughs> in Arizona, he's gonna pick that shit up, make sure it's in the sand somewhere. So mm-hmm. you know, and like like I said too, it's very difficult to have this character who, like I said, in the movies, in the books, and any source of media, she is just someone that just wants to kill animals for the hell of it, just so she could get her fashionista on. So. You know, it's it's very hard to portray someone likable in this. Jake, I'm gonna throw it to you. Mm-hmm. So, I've had I had this conversation with another group of friends, and um, the main topic, and this is what I 100% agreed on, is uh, especially with Disney. Disney has a uh, tendency to give villains like this really tragic, um, very. Uh, uh, backstory that you can almost kind of relate to to kind of give like this humanity uh, almost before making them villains when especially for somebody like Cruella DeVille like why can't we have somebody that's just 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 fucked up like like some people are like that some people are just evil in the heart like there are some people who just don't give a shit and you know there there are um uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the word right now, but um, that is somebody who I always pictured Cruella Deville being. It's just somebody who grew up in, in a very, you know, hoity-toity, you know, stick up the ass kind of uh, atmosphere, who was able to get everything she wanted. Um, and then she has this uh, because fashion, especially kind of taking fashion into like it's olden days where um animals were used to uh provide that kind of uh upscale in fashion you know what i mean like that is something that does uh it's the same reason why people go trophy hunting right there are some people who just do not have that type of humanity in them so why can't we have that character so i'm not necessarily sold on this story only because i feel like we don't need to have all this backstory we don't need to see why she switched or you know why she became you know who she is i would have been happy if it taken the route that kind of maleficent had where it was just more of a point of view kind of thing um it, it, so we're seeing her side of things rather than having to get this uh, elaborated well, let, let, me, let me let me say something about that because i feel that all right a couple of things first of all i feel that 
I, I can blame Maleficent for having this anti-hero arc for all these villains now. Like, we're supposed to make these villains have the soft side. Like, they weren't always villains. And now they could be redeeming. Now you can understand why they became villains. Sometimes we don't need to see that. I mean, Cruella ha- is the embodiment of everything wrong in the fashion industry bulimia that scraggly skinny body that just does anything to be relevant in the fashion world that's who cruella is i think that speaks volumes rather than giving her some kind of redeeming story arc in my opinion also the the show once upon a time i feel like as good as it is i feel like it has went off rails a little bit but i think giving different perspectives of characters especially villains and giving that perspective like i can understand why the evil queen went evil or why maleficent went evil or or how different characters that are good can be evil in a way as well too i think that show opened up a lot of doors to play around different characters because at the end of the day what's the what's the cutoff point are we gonna see a clayton redemption story i didn't mean to shoot fucking tarzan i just wanted to fucking shoot him you know like are we a jafar <laughs> redeeming storyline which we kind of had in the aladdin movie like i was a thief before so i understand you aladdin get the fuck out of here <laughs> right well, I, it's funny because I, I i thought you were going to like um, retort something that I said, but you pretty much just repeated everything I said. So I was like, uh-oh, what did I say wrong? Um, th- that's exactly what I mean. It's, it's some people, some people are just fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. Like they are. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's, um, I think that's why we need to have that. And it's realistic though. I have to give her this. <laughs> that's the real world. Like, I'm sorry, but fucking, um, Ted Bundy is not a redeeming co- character. <laughs> so you could put fucking Zach Efron all you want to play him, people but try. he's not a fucking try. he's oh not a God, redeeming character. Try. You have to David Berkowitz, you know, some of fucking Sam is not a redeeming character. So why the fuck am I gonna try to like make a John Wayne Gacy is not a fucking redemption story? Okay, why am I gonna try to make a movie like that? <laughs> so why do you think they're like in the age we're in now? Why do you think they're trying to give these villains some sort of redemption story? What do you guys think it is? It's- um, Jake, you, go, go yeah, for it, Jake. Or whoever wants to take it. I don't have an answer for that because I, I, I don't know what's. I, I mean, no, I know, I know, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Um, cancel culture. It's around that area. It's like we're we're giving participation awards to people who have flaws, and when you look down the line, the anti-hero is like the most beautiful thing you could do with a movie or a TV show these days. Uh, You look at Disney, what they're doing right now with things like Descendants, okay? Where they're having the children of major villains have story arcs that their parents weren't that bad and they're not that bad. They're not their parents, you know, so they want to grow up a certain way as well too. So when you have this culture where like everybody needs to be a winner, no one's really that bad. Nothing's really that evil. There's never two sides of a coin. There's only one side of a coin and all that matters is how you flip it, I guess. Bullshit. Fuck that shit, okay? There's some despicable people in this world, and there's some really good people in this world, and there's some people that are flawed. Cruella DeVille is not a fucking flawed person. She's a bitch, and I get it. You know, she's a masochistic bitch, and she needs to stay that way. I, I feel like they're treading water with that mm-hmm. a little too much. Okay. I was just... I... But again, that could... Go no, ahead, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but again, the movie itself could be something totally opposite. 
Like, I don't know. She she doesn't seem like there's parts where you see how psychotic she could get, but there's also parts where you feel like, mm. oh, I could probably relate to to Emma Stone in a way because it's Emma Stone. There's no relatable freaking aspect to that. Well, I mean, <laughs> most girls these days, especially in you know California, can relate to Emma Stone. Um, just the way she talks or the way she looks and whatnot. I feel like when you have people that I want to say don't look evil in a way, like when you have an actor, give me like a, a, a goody two shoes actor right now. Oh, goody two shoe actor. Yeah. Give me like Chris Evans, okay? Chris Evans right now. Everybody okay. looks at him as Captain America. We're not going to speak about, you know, Scott Pilgrim or things like that right now. People are looking at him as fucking Hilarious. apple pie right now. And that's like, <laughs> making him John Way Gacy. It's like, I'm not gonna take you seriously. <laughs> like, no, like you're not that evil. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That's true though. I mean it, it, it really is. Um <clears throat> and I like I said, I, I, I don't know the timeline of this movie, um, but obviously it has to be at some point where she's younger. Again, why? Like, I, I don't think that that was necessary. Um, I would have been very completely happy with that um, point of view kind of thing. Get someone that we don't know, somebody that we haven't seen, someone who's much older, someone who can um, portray that kind of privileged um you know aspect uh uh and still have that like i picture like somebody with uh very like even though you're dressed in this you still have like this dark yeah. undertone to you like you can we see had it that. in your eyes like, you like know close um, in the fucking um live action 101 dial major yes that's what i mean but 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 yes but it, exactly but that that's what i'm saying go back to that but just strictly from her point of view, though. See, I don't, I don't agree with this nonsense because, like, just thinking about it, you're just giving the youth just a wrong, like, misconception. You're just fucking them up. Because, like you guys said, there are some people, or not even youth, but there are some people that are really scoundrels in this world. And all, all of a sudden, you get a redemption story. You're kind of being like Wonder Woman 84, Maxwell Lord. You are a scumbag. But at the end, you don't get no ramifications of yep. that done to you. The ha- there, there's there's some moral fiber too, you know, to this to this life. Like you just can't sit here and give somebody like that a redemption story. That that's just me though. That's no, how I feel. No, like, sorry no, for that no, tangent. I'll real add quick. that tangent real quickly. <laughs> I mean, we can get, get off this as well too. But you know how I feel about religion sometimes. You know, I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm just not that kind of guy who thinks that you know Adolf Hitler you know plan to kill you know this many million people in this world and he can let's go to bed and say i'm sorry god forgive me and he could be allowed to heaven so f that no get the hell out of here stop that nonsense i don't even give people the passes when they come you know go to a go shopping after church or go to a restaurant after church become a complete obvious bitch and then try to end it with a <laughs> god bless you at the end. I don't even give him a pass. Like, no, fuck you. You're a fucking bitch. Get I don't want, I want a tip. Dude. I don't want a fucking prayer. Dude, it, I don't need you to quote the fucking Bible in my tip. No. It don't, it don't, it don't even start at the IHOPs. It starts while they're at church, bro. Because they already, they're already judging people while they're walking into church. They're judging them. Look at their shoes. The donations box comes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's being thrown in. He's like, yeah. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, that's mm. another topic. But sometimes, bro, like, religion, like, 
no offense to anybody, like, yeah, I'm spiritual, spiritual, not religious, but sometimes those are the biggest scumbags yeah. in the world, bro. They hide yeah. behind that shit, you know? They go, they, they, they feel like the whole week they could be a scumbag. Sunday come, I repent, I could be a scumbag Straight again up. on Monday. Like, nah, Straight bro. Up. <laughs> not even on Monday. Right after church, we out there. <laughs> That's how I feel like this cool album is gonna be. <laughs> You're gonna get this, this, this like, you know, endearing character. And you ended off with Anita, darling. Oh, you have puppies. Oh, am I supposed to expect a part two of this? Because I know what the fuck happens. Like, I, I, I don't need that whatsoever. But did you guys enjoy the trailer at least? Was it a fine trailer? Was it, I, I guess, captivating in a way where you want to see it? Maybe. I mean, for 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 her being the Michael Vick of Disney, I mean, this you know gave us like. <laughs> 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 I I like what I, I like what they're doing with like the shading, the color. It gives you almost in, in a weird way, it gives you like Joker vibes, yeah. DC vibes. So it's kind of cool what they're doing. But besides that, I okay, Jake. <laughs> All my gay brethren are trying to make uh, uh, Cruella the next like RuPaul. I would have accepted <laughs> RuPaul as Cruella. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> I no because he's too dark it. and it would cause. We're, we're already at war, that like level Ariel. where everything causes a rub up for war. Might as well go crazy <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> right? um but no, honestly, it, it doesn't have much on me. Um, am I gonna go see it? Absolutely, I'm gonna go see it. But am I gonna be happy about it? Probably not. Um, am I gonna be looking forward? Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world with quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao and I, i'm surprised that more people aren't talking about this it's just the concept the idea of it i i, I see it um in like little independent uh, articles and shit but um just the idea and the fact of Netflix possibly, or just the idea that Netflix mm, could okay, acquire okay. AMC. 
that is something that I think should really be discussed because I'm thinking about it. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, oh, that's going to change the movie experience. Or, you know, things have already been changing for quite some time. Working for Dish, I learned just like how much, how how things have really changed as far as like the TV industry goes. Like who's acquiring who? Like Disney's eating up everything. AT&T. AT&T themselves have bought studios. They've bought channels. They're buying these things. So these things are already being re- acquired by bigger companies. Why? When they own the content, then they can control the content. So Netflix buying out AMC, I think would do wonders for the movie industry. I think that that is something that should really be... Um, really be researched you know what good could come out like what bad could come out of it honestly uh, netflix is something that um it, it, obviously they've proven that they can provide some high value production right but they can also change the movie industry as we know it for the good for the better right now we're hanging on to something that is more of a nostalgic kind of feeling why do we miss the movie theaters right now it's that nostalgia it's that feeling of what we felt pre-covid you want we want to be by people we want to feel that emotion in it but that's something that we felt for the last fucking four five six decades right how can netflix reinvigorate the movie industry they've already done that with just the viewing industry to begin with right yeah we talk about all the fun times that we miss from blockbuster but look how they really changed things right and it's been for the better so far um they prove that an independent company like that can make some high value um productions and so give let me see what they can do i don't want to pay 12 dollars for popcorn anymore they can probably change that <laughs> shit, right they can evolve and that's what it would be doing. It's not changing it. It's evolving something that we've already become accustomed oof, to oof. for the best. Jay, you want to take that one? I, I think it would just be a great relationship because it would be a way where you can just kind of like have a symbiotic relationship between the theaters and Netflix at home. You know, like <clears throat> continue the series here, go to the theaters or continue it at home. You get what I'm saying? Like just something kind of like that to incorporate still the Netflix and the movie theaters together. But I think it's a great it's a great option to roll down. I'm back and forth with it. I, I am. Because um, I see what's happening already with Warner Brothers and HBO Max. And that, that's a good comparison in a way. Because you're seeing how great of a situation it can be. Uh, especially for the movie going experience. You have the option to watch things at home. You have the watch, option to watch things at the theater. They give you those both options right there. I, I totally get it. Um, but I've seen a lot of controversy with that. Especially with studios what's getting where who's getting paid what um who's in control of this whose hands are in the pockets here and i think that gets a little muddy after a while i could see the benefit that if netflix wants to be taken seriously with their movies you know things like the irishman that came out things like bright that came out a couple years ago will smith if you really want to make a stab at good movies and just like be treated on 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 a I guess a global level, um, then this is a great symbiotic relationship relationship for them because you can say a Netflix exclusive in theaters, you know, Bright Two or someone, some a Martin Scorsese film and whatnot, and bring people to the theaters. I can get that. I can get behind that. But at the same time, I feel like Netflix does a lot of inconsistency in in their marketing and in their show running as well too. I think they're all about numbers. 
and that's that's weird when it comes to cinema. That's weird when it comes to movies. You know, me and um, Jay were talking about this earlier. Why Scott Pilgrim didn't succeed in the theaters back then? And it's because you know it's a very niche film, and although it has a cult following right now, um, and it's thriving on somewhere like Netflix. Um, no one came out to see that movie whatsoever, so they gave up on that movie for what uh, a foreseeable sequel or just in general. Um, I just wouldn't want that to be the case uh, for certain things as well, too, going to the theaters. I don't want, let's say, oh, it, it could work. It could work. It's a double-edged sword. Like, I can see, like, them promoting The Witcher. The Witcher has been an exclusive for Netflix. Season 2 is coming out. If they want to end it off of a big-budget premiere, Netflix presents The Witcher movie, like, the final like thing they're gonna do of Henry Cavell in the in the movie theaters and make that a big thing. I can see that. That's like cross promotion right there and it makes sense. Last minute news that I had, it's not that mm-hmm. that crazy, but I think both of you guys would appreciate it. So um DC is coming out with a new line of comic books uh, pretty soon as well, too, over the summer. And I'm super interested in this because of the fact that, bro, we are getting a continuation of both the 1978 Superman with Christopher Reeves and the 1989 Batman with um, uh, Michael Keaton in their respective roles, in a way, and in stories, new stories, uh, for fans to read. I I think that's so cool because, one... I'm, I'm with the Tim Burton universe, there's so much you can play, and it's been confirmed that they're going to do their best to use likenesses as, as much as possible, especially with Michelle's fight for um, rendition of Catwoman. You're going to get the Billy D. Williams version of Two Face because he did play um, Harvey Dent in the first movie, and he was supposed to go down the rabbit hole with um, the Two Face character in the second movie, but they switched it with Danny DeVito uh, for Penguin. So you're going to get continuations of stories just in that universe. The same thing goes for Superman. Uh, with the Richard Donner Superman stories, with Superman 2, you might actually get Zod and Nam, and, and, and um, I'm probably going to boss this right now. It's the Phantom Zone, right, Jay? So you're going to get different things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and just recreations yeah. of characters and whatnot, and, and different storylines continue with those specific stories, with those specific universes. I find that pretty fantastic. What about you guys? Um, Jake, you gotta add it first. He's not gonna be throwing like. Listen, that is like of one of the best Superman parts logo of Superman Two. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's doing. Too, he's like, ah, <laughs> he just falls back. <laughs> I got hit by it. <laughs> Listen, we don't watch that movie for that. We watch that movie for Neil before his <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah! Suck it, <laughs> No, but it's it's, it's really <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's it's very adventurous. It's very risk taking, um, and it's not not hanging on to the past. You know, what I mean, it's really not. Um, I I like the ideas, um, and and I just I just hope <clears> that <throat> I hope that people respect it for what it is. You know, because, you know, we talk about, you know how I, I just genuinely hate fans. <laughs> I hate fan bases. Um, but I really do hope that people. Ex- ex- I love it. I, love I know. <laughs> um, they respect it for what it is. Again, it's very adventurous. I got it's you. It's very uh, uh, 
yes. did I just say? Offense. <laughs> the malice in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but uh, you, I know yeah, you're more no, of a, a comic book aficionado <laughs> like I am sometimes. So how do you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Um, I'm all for it because it's kind of like, you know, arguably uh, this is to some people this is the best batman ever mike keaton um so i i, I think it's cool because you kind of continue this lore with the michael keaton 89 and then also like it would mm-hmm. be phenomenal to see a tim burton gotham continue to carry over into pages because i just love everything that tim burton does it's so gothic it's so dark and it's so phenomenal and immersive mm-hmm. so i'm i'm all for that and it, it's also a way for the new younger generation explore kind of like the founding fathers of batman like this is the one we grew up on this is the first one we saw you know you got your dick grayson's and stuff like that this is what we had we had michael keaton so I, I think it's cool and phenomenal that they're exploring this because it's also paying homage for the newer age to know the lore, where it came from, in my opinion. The only thing is that, I, I, I mean, it's while cool, I just would prefer, uh, I know we had a conversation about this a little while ago, but hell man, freaking, I, I forgot the name right now. Oh my God, I sound fucking terrible. Um, Which oh my God, what's his name? Oh, um, this dude, uh, yes, Batman's uh, father, uh, Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. I mean, while cool, we're exploring Michael Keaton. Thank you for that. Like, I would like to see also where you have a phenomenal Batman on your hand, a Thomas Wayne, and you have not explored that avenue. Maybe after this, we can probably explore that. Okay. Only pet I, peeve, I respect that. This is great. That's cool. right there. I, I agree with you, both of you guys. I think this is a good way for people to go back and revisit that. It, it, it screams nostalgia, but not in the way where you have to be stuck there because it's a continuation. I love the fact that it's a continuation. Hell, from the rumors that I'm hearing mm-hmm. as well, too, well, not really rumors, it's been confirmed mm-hmm. that they are going to uh, have their own timber and twist on a Robin as well, too, on a Dick Grayson, which... I'm going to appreciate that because we get to erase the Joel Schumacher Robin. I forgot the actor's name, but um, I just hate it. I hated him as Robin. I'm like, you're not my Dick Grayson, so stop it. <laughs> um, um, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be a very uh, fun way to, to, to tell different stories in these different universes. And I like the the, the uh, dichotomy of light and dark, especially with Superman, because for what it's worth, I love the first two Superman movies. I love one and two. I think they're, they're wholesome Superman movies. I think if you want to show somebody like what Superman represented at that time, and, and still today in a way, I think Christopher Reeves does a fantastic job of looking bright-eyed and very innocent. I think his Clark Kent is fantastic, clumsy, stupid, and all over the place. I enjoy it. Um, so to see him continue with that, with at least the art style that look like Christopher Reeves, and bring in that feisty Lois Lane as well, too, and just tell different stories. Hell, a Gene Hackman, um, uh, Lex Luthor in, in that, it, I think that's fun storytelling. I, that would be really cool. I mean, these are the things that I love that DC does better than Marvel because DC DC pushes the envelope with their lore. They know they have a phenomenal lore, but they're not. If you look at DC, yeah, their films don't translate to the best films, but their comic book world, it's freaking amazing. And they are just not afraid to push the envelope. And I think... friend's house and um 
in the back they had the crown playing as as we were just you know just kind of hanging out and um Jeez. i was kind of i was ignoring my friends completely and i was just like paying attention to what was happening on screen and um i just remember just kind of being heartbroken at what i was watching no idea what was going on i know nothing about the fucking royals never had any interest in the royals or the royal family or anything that happens over there never been interested but what i was watching was just dark and gloomy and and there was just so much emotion being portrayed and I, it, it just always stuck with me year probably about a year later i finally decided to um indulge and um i turned it on and uh, the the first season was very very slow um but it's also kind of the reason why i love better call saw is just it had this build up that just kept me curious and that's really what you have to do you just have to keep my curiosity um but what it really was and it still is to this moment is the acting the acting is just phenomenal from beginning to end and that's what keeps me here is and this is why i love when when Oh. <laughs> Can you hear me? Jake? Can you hear me? Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a mic drop right there. There, there we um, go. <laughs> I was like, what you, um, no, I was like, what you <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's what I always preach to people. It's like it's not just about what you're looking at, but it's how you're feeling when you're watching it. It's why people love plays. It's why people love um uh dramas uh, like actually going to the theater because when you're in the theater you can actually feel and see the emotion uh on stage and that's what i get when i watch this um and if nobody has ever seen it the um episode that i had actually watched um that got me curious um was called it's called bubbykins and it's regarding um prince uh, prince what is it what what, what prince is he i don't know um uh, uh, this <laughs> Prince Noctis. <laughs> yeah. So Ignis decided one day. <laughs> That's the crowd movie I want to watch, right? <laughs> I would totally be down for that. Um, some Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, we would be fantastic. Oh, but yeah. that's not why we're here. Uh, we're talking about the crown. But anyway. <laughs> but but being giving me the feels right now. Back so. in, in the honesty here. Um, that is a very, very hard wrenching episode because what you learn watching this is like they may not seem like people but they are like family is backstabbing um family is is love and it's also there's just so much and those of you who have been in in those situations you'll know what it's like to be with family that's either super close or just so far apart and the thing is is that when you're in this position as they are you see why they even push that further to its extent more than you ever know anyway um so is it that episode alone made me feel so many things as far as um you know forgiveness and love and just heartbreak and 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 abandonment it's just so much um and so when i actually got to see it um from beginning to end and actually watch it and know the story like it hit me even more um and so i'm continuing to this day i still haven't finished the show but the production is just fantastic the um the i love period pieces so like watching that life uh that those years come to life is just phenomenal um the the 
the oh, the fashion, the um, etiquette, everything of it is just fantastic. But it's the acting of this show that just sells it to me, and I can't get enough of it. No, I appreciate that, man. The Crown has been around for almost five years already, and um, I get into shit you know, late. You know that. <laughs> you know it's okay. No I'm wrong with that. But you know this this has a star-studded <laughs> cast right there. I mean, Hella Carter is one of my favorite act- actors of all time, and anything that she's in, uh, whether it be Sweeney Todd to Harry Potter to even this, I'm always going to be on board with. So, um, and period pieces, pieces, I love um, anything that has to do with like any type of history whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Just going back and just seeing the curiosity and the and the uh, the controversy, especially in a time like this with um, Queen Elizabeth II. Like, I-, I think there's so much meat in that story. And of course, that's why you have almost about five seasons of this so far is because of that. So um, this that's an excellent show to deep dive into, man. I'm glad that you took the time to, to weather the storm and get to the slow parts to enjoy this. Thank you. Ready Player One. So I'm trying to, yeah, I'm deep diving into that, kind of enjoying that, you know, because I like to see usually when I watch the movies, I like to see the discrepancy and stuff like that from the book and the version of the book. So I picked up Ready Player One. I'm reading that. Um, Jumping around between some manga and Attack on Titan. Um, There was one that I really wanted to accent. Uh, Oh, yeah. I, I, I took it way back. I deep dove. I finally picked up the Holy Grail, which you could probably say is my favorite movie. I never owned it, though. I would always watch it on streamer, but I finally picked up uh, the the trilogy with the Animatrix in it. So I've just been deep diving into the Matrix, having some fun with that, Mm -hmm. just revisiting, you know, the Matrix and everything about it and lore and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, man. Um, Comic wise, I've been reading Flashpoint, you know, like I told you. I'm going to deep dive from Flashpoint into the DC comics, so... Let's just talk about that for a second. Maybe that's a good talking point. Um, The Matrix is... It should be bigger than what it is, in my opinion. I don't know why... Maybe I do. Um... I just don't know why there's so much hate for the sequels for The Matrix compared to the first one. Yet, there's so much love for the side projects. You know, when you look at the video games that came out, when you look at um, the series that came out with Animatrix and the new project coming out as well, too. um, I just don't understand why, number one, it's not as big as it should be. And number two, why I get so much hate as well, too. Jake, do you want to crack at that at all? <laughs> why? Because I hate the Matrix? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I hate the Matrix. It's Hey, Keanu, I, you're, it, you're an asshole. <laughs> what, what was that? Cookie Monster? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they are rare form. I love it. are on par today. So, it's not that I hate the Matrix. It it just never appealed to me in any way, shape, or form. Um, I I just never really understood it. I never took the time to understand it, Um, and I was too impatient. Because by the time, by the time I 
was <laughs> curious about it. They were already on like part fucking three. Um, and I remember like watching a scene with like some Asian dude with a bunch of fucking keys and he's running through doors and then there's fucking Keanu Reeves and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? It's there. It has its fan base. But it's also the same reason why I never got into Blade. It's just because it, so much happened. Um, and it just never, it's never appealed to me. Eventually, I'll probably get down to it. Maybe I have no idea, but... Okay. I was giving you the... Those are two I different mean, concepts. <laughs> one is about computer programming, and the other one's I kill vampires. I don't know how you're not getting into that right there. <laughs> Killing vampires in computer programming—that would be perfect, but it's not. It's not what we have. We have. Yeah. Right. Give Give me a world like that. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, the only reason why I can see probably why the too smart really don't get into it the is. No, you're right. It is. It is. It is. Um, it is. <laughs> it's too smart for people. That's why. That's why a lot of people didn't like Inception. Um. There was too much thinking involved. That, that could be it. I didn't look at it that way, you know, honestly. It could be that it's just, like, too much thinking involved. Also, um, you know, just for the people that don't know, it's really based off of the book, um, Neuromancer. So, um, it, it could be that. Thinking about it now. Also, maybe I just think about it. If you really look at it, it's about what really goes on nowadays. So, maybe some people are just literally too fucking asleep in the Matrix to realize oh, yeah. what this movie is. You know, is. Though, with all this QA you know, like, going around, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some people actually took the Matrix and, and actually started giving it some attention. So, um, maybe that will happen. But mm. maybe. I mean, I definitely think it's, it went over a lot of people's heads. Um, but I also can see the first movie being super totally different than the last two movies. I, I think the first movie is taking so serious in a way where people can understand it. It was so revolutionary for its time. It was it took concepts from Ghost in the Shell and made it better to the point where the movie Ghost in the Shell is a piece of shit compared to that first Matrix movie. Um, I think when you start introducing things that we both enjoy, Jay, like, you know, the albino dreadlocks, um, 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 ghosts coming, know what you're coming after yes. people on top of semi trucks. Like, I think that may have turned some people on, but like, it's all about programming and coding and and being locked in a society that are full of sheep. And I and I get it. And and I think I I, I see some issues. I think um, the religious undertones are there, especially in that third movie, a little too hard. It's a little too hard to the point where the robots are carrying Neo Jesus out of there. But, um, spoiler alert, Jake. But, um... He is! He is! Well, I mean, he really is. Pretty Jesus much! Matrix, like, he so can do anything. He's savior. <laughs> yeah, like, but... I, I get you, though, because if you look at the first one and if you look at the other two they really do have a different tone from the first one because the first one was definitely taken more serious the first one was more chill nonchalant as opposed to the other one where they're like okay let's have a little fun like you said you got fucking uh phase locking ghosts <laughs> just going through chairs and stuff like that so i mean maybe that, that well, that's, <laughs> well the, the orgasm given, part given orgasm which is it is it part two or part three i think it's part two when you have the like the, the Zion sex orgy <laughs> happening, part two, yeah. <laughs> bro. I want to, yeah. I want to fucking bro, party in Zion. Like they went to town. 
<laughs> bro hell yeah so i mean definitely has a different tone the first one from but that's another thing though like real quick we, we can move on to your um stuff that you're doing like that's one thing that i also yeah talk about it. it's cyberpunk you know so that cyberpunk genre i'm with it and, and i, think I don't know i think it's one a great film jay you should definitely CGI, watch it uh, <laughs> neo when he's like jumping that's... like he jumps Oof. and then he just turns full cgi for like two <laughs> <laughs> And it, and yeah, straight up, like <laughs> everything like, after one that, is all CGI. But it's good though, like that that it's cheesy good. Like definitely two and three are superhero movies compared to the first one because yeah. Neo is definitely Superman. Like this dude is like yeah. fighting a million Agent Smiths on a roof, which is hilarious. In part two, it's great, and then in part three, I think in part three is what it. you're talking about, where it's just <laughs> it is a CGI mess in rain flying all over the place but it's fun it's fun it's fun stuff yeah it's yeah it's a fun ride it, it touches a lot of real life subject touches religious subject because you can almost say when he's talking with with the little girl at the train station you know that just kind of represents like yeah. jesus and mountain stuff like that when he was at the mountain praying you know <laughs> jesus but i'm um, like it, it, it's cool um, i was just gonna touch another point but i totally forgot oh and another thing is this i love this movie because you remember uh val when we were growing up we would go to the movie theaters to watch this yeah. and people were out there yeah in their cyber goth <laughs> shout out Grandma's boy. Just like that, bro. Just like that. Waiting online. Oh, um, <laughs> um, yeah, man, I you mean, took me on a that, that's Matrix, man. I think I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, just a deep dive. <laughs> um, let me see. What am I doing right now? I went back um, in the Niles of History for a little bit, too. Um, of course, WandaVision. We could briefly just talk how great WandaVision is. I know, Jake, you're a little late on this right now, but it is phenomenal storytelling it it, in the nation the world actually did you say jay that it was um and the most criticized as well too i think people fanboys out there just having their own different opinions Mm -hmm. wrong and and i i'll be i'll be one too you know you've heard me call you multiple times this week on theories that i feel about the show as well too but i think that's the beauty of the show i think that it's making people talk and it's taking people on a ride and i think when you're looking at characters such as like scarlet witch when you look at vision and different little um small characters from the mcu as well too like darcy and whatnot um i I like the platform that they're given and they're showing how phenomenal these characters are without the avengers by their size or without the big three like uh like a chris hemsworth uh chris evans or Robert Downey jr like uh, essentially they're all non-existent and this is thriving so this makes me feel that the marvel cinematic universe if we get another avengers movie if we get another like a series of events like we did with thanos it can thrive without those three characters like you can really deep dive into a world with every single damn character in this show and i I think that's why i love it It gives me hope that we don't need to regurgitate characters over and over again Mm -hmm. i i also love it sorry for cutting you off i also love it Mm -hmm. because we we get some phenomenal acting from vision and uh from elizabeth olsen because like you said uh in 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 captain america in the avengers they really didn't have big parts and in this show we're really seeing them how talented they are and yeah my god um 
Paul, what's his name? Paul Bet- Bettany? I keep forgetting his last name. Yeah, he's just a, f- a phenomenal actor that most of the time he eclipses Elizabeth Olsen in the freaking show. So, yeah, you're right. Jake, I, I think I, I love to hop on just a great throw as soon as possible. Just to enjoy it because I, I don't think this is like a a phenomenon where everybody's like, oh, you need to watch this, you need to watch this. I think this is a very smart show. It, it, it's it's easy to get into, and it, it really has you, like, it puts its hooks into you, where you're really wanting more. In a good way, though. I, I think there's no slow burn with this. I think it's great from episode one to where we at now, almost going into episode, what, seven now? I think there's been, for the first yeah, time ever seven, that I've yeah. seen the show, um, I'll say this proudly, there has been no bad episode, or not even no middle episode. They've all been almost nine tens in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with you, and it, it's a it's a freaking masterpiece, and it sucks because a lot of people were bashing it in the beginning, like, oh, what is this fifties? Uh, black and white nonsense i don't like this give me all episodes in one shot what is this give me color and you really have to appreciate it because it's so methodical the the approach that they're going through and my my advice to jake is if you jump on it bro just wait it out wait it out because you're gonna get hooked and i was one that was for the slow burn but now i'm fucking fiend out like yo i need all of them Um, definitely. Okay. Um, but I went down the rabbit hole. I went back to 1998 for 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 some god awful reason, and um, I picked up Outlaw Star again, um, anime from the 90s, right there. And I need to see why it was so captivating to me back then. I was like, because 90s animation and storytelling, it's a hell of a lot different than what we have right now, in a good way and a bad way. Sometimes it's so immersive. Sometimes it's it's such big storytelling and big world building that you tend to get lost. I think of like Evangelion, I think of, of Gundam Wing, I think of um, a lot of shows in, in that era that are just bigger than life in a way, and you really need to deep dive into it. And I looked at this show and I was like, what was it about? Outlaw Star that got me hooked in the first place because I don't remember it as fondly as I do with Cowboy Bebop. And then it hit me. It's a show about dudes with daddy issues <laughs> space and space <laughs> bounty hunters. And I'm like, that's all me right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think another thing too is that the character lineup is so diverse. Very, very different. I, I love that it, it screams women empowerment in a time where you had a lot of animes that weren't really um, that diverse with females. Like the biggest anime to date in the 90s probably was like Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakara. Other than that, you really didn't have like that premier female anime show. So, this, although you have the main character, the main two characters, males, the females almost outshine these characters throughout the season. I went down at least. 15 episodes back to back and i enjoyed the hell out of every single episode bounty hunting money hungry people with personal issues and resolving issues as well too it reminded me of why i love cowboy bebop in the first place even though cowboy bebop's more of a spaghetti western in space this had those vibes as well too and i enjoyed the fuck out of it man i, I love the show nice nice i actually remember it uh, i i never like watched it but i do remember it Quite yeah, good. yeah, that's really about it, guys. Like, I haven't been really. Um, I know I've been deep diving into uh, comic books when it comes to the future state stuff. Um, 
Um, that's what DC's new event that they're doing right now. It's like a limited series event, which they're going into like alternate futures in a way, uh, without ramifications. So you don't have to feel like, okay, in 20 years from now, is this going to happen? No, these are alternate timelines, multiverse, if you will. But um, all having one specific story, I like what they're doing with a lot of characters. You know, the son of Clark Kent gets a shot at being Superman. He's being criticized because he's half human, that he cannot be like Superman altogether. Superman himself is like doing his best World War Hulk on Planet Apocalypse being a gladiator uh, to save Earth. So that way that wouldn't happen. You know, Apocalypse wouldn't uh, invade Earth whatsoever. So I appreciate that right there. Um, the diversity that they're doing with Wonder Woman. You have your Wonder Woman, but you have two different versions as well too. Um, um, I think you have Nubia and you have also I forgot the other name. I haven't read her book yet. It's in, it's in my logs. I think, Jay, you probably know her. Um, but she's like an yeah, she's straight out the Amazon. Like she's a literal, literal Amazon. <laughs> like not Demascara. She's from the Amazon. I love that shit. <laughs> um, the Amazons. Just a lot of risk taking. Like yeah, a lot of risk taking. Um, and a lot of world building. I appreciate the shit out of it. I think these are type of events. Like like you know, Jay hit hit it right out the park. DC is not afraid to do different things. They're not afraid to be weird. They're not afraid to challenge people and and, and put things out there that may make them feel uncomfortable. I think um, Marvel plays it too easy when it comes to pop culture. I think when you look at the times uh, Marvel has tried to be different, it's always failed because they're trying to go with the waves. They're trying to say, okay, this person didn't like that. We need to change it immediately. And I get it. Sometimes you need to give fans that service to, to enjoy what they're reading or watching. But what are you sacrificing as a creative mind? What are you sacrificing as a writer or an artist if you're listening to everybody's opinion besides your own? And I feel like DC hits it out of the park when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. I just had a caveat to that. Yeah, like uh, that you're absolutely correct because Marvel does tend to cater to the universe way too much because I remember after the success of Avengers and kind of like the little buzz, not fully, but the little buzz that Nebula got, they went and rebranded the whole comic mm. and it was just straight Nebula yeah. from the universe. Neb- Nebula, you hear know I me? Mean? Like it was Nebula from the universe. So I'm like, huh. Wow, interesting though, but it's like, you see, I don't I don't need that yeah, separate. If you want a Tim Burton Batman DC as a separate. Them. They'll give you that. Cool. It's nothing related to their universe <laughs> whatsoever. It's its own separate entity and it works out. Marvel has a hard time doing that. I I, I mean, I, I guess like their method works cuz mm-hmm. you know, billions of dollars. I get it, but it it is hype. It is hype. When you when you uh, just, get salty because another studio has the rights to to the X Men, you can't use them in the movies, so you dismantle the X Men altogether <laughs> and try to make Inhumans a fucking big thing. Look how that shit failed. Okay, yes, it was a nice little event in the comic books. Yep. We got Kamala Khan out of it, and I love Kamala Khan. Awesome. She's like one of the best new characters that we've had in the last ten years. But at the same token. You try to make that shit into a fucking movie and a um a, a TV show, and it failed miserably. You had a great actors in there, and it failed miserably because the fans, the real fans, knew what you were doing. You were copying out, and you were copying out for no reason. And I, it, it's all way because it's just blasphemous where 
bro, DC came out in 1934, Marvel 1939. So come on, people, like, <laughs> do the math. <laughs> dream that I think I'm gonna try and follow. I'm working on getting new equipment, something a little better. Um, and I uh, used to have a show called uh, Anxiety and I, um, or Anxiety Live, but I'm going to uh, demolish that. Um, and I have an idea of something that's coming down the line. Um, maybe you guys would uh, partake or, you know, support however you'd like. Um, it's going to be called The Gay Antihero. I love it already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Word, I'm, I'm, um, I'm on yeah, board. No, I, I, I'm on board. Really uh, so just keep an, keep an eye out for that. Uh, it is something I'm going to try uh, to do again. Uh, try to take it a little more differently. Um, it's going to be more of a, just a kind of all open platform, kind of like this. Uh, a lot of barbershop talk, very honest conversation. I think that's something that's missing. Is very honest conversation. Uh, it is the gay antihero. I gotta hear this. Um, yeah, uh, they can find me at Twitter and Instagram, which is the same handle, SunEater1A. Um, you can find me without doing our thing on Elite Wrestling Audio, where we talk some wrestle talk. If you guys love wrestling, you know, hit us up on that. That has an Instagram, Facebook, and a Twitter, and that podcast is everywhere. So it's probably on your favorite podcast platform. Check it out. That is Elite Wrestling Audio. Also, the Kimura Chronicles. If you guys love MMA, we got a fight coming up Saturday. You know, we're going to do the weigh-ins tomorrow. Hit us up at the Kimura Chronicles, and that has an Instagram, Facebook, and a Twitter. And as I said before, that podcast is everywhere, all over Um iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, Apple, you know, check us out on that. Um, video games, if you guys love video games, as we do, and we talk about video games here as well, we talk about video games over on lag switching. You know, Jake jumps on that, Val jumps on that. We got to do another episode for that. I feel like I haven't done one forever, but um, yeah, lag switching, that's on Instagram, and that podcast is on Spotify and Apple. Lucha Val Cisco on Twitter. Uh, Val Cisco underscore on the Instagram. Um, Pop Culture Fanatics. You can find it on all podcast platforms Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, uh, PCF Podcast on Twitter, PCF Podcast on uh, the Instagram, and Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook, where Jake goes to town and you know he really takes care of that side as well too so I appreciate him for that um oh man <laughs> David <laughs> I gotta call my mother I gotta call my lawyer I gotta call, call my lawyer <laughs> and now you just sound like a, a, a you don't know who that is <laughs> no Dude, you don't know who that is? This is the dude from, That's the dude from Mrs. Bro. Doubtfire as well, too. Match, matchmaker, matchmaker. <laughs> oh. He's the lizard in Fern Gully. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> there you go. Join the party now. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
That's it. I don't got I don't got that much of a good outro oh, better than that right there. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. Uh rate, review, subscribe, hopefully. Thank you so much. Hey!